Yo, what's up? It's your boy, Chris, in the Patriarch Pod. With my mans, my brothers. Yeah, oh, we got we got to start over. I'm going to need a little more energy. I know. It is <laughs> I, I would, I would yeah, not be know. excited to listen to this pod it's, with you your boy. bringing your Keith Sweat voice. Like. This nigga sound like Eeyore. <laughs> your boy, Chris Collins. Hey, that, uh, that sip of coffee hit me wrong, man. <laughs> <clears throat> Hear me go ahead, man. Just, or Mark, whatever. One of y'all. Just go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm in L.A. I'm on L.A. time, so I might be a little right, E.R. Hey, you over there. I mean, clearly, you over there been a Debbie. Daddy ain't getting all your sleep at night. Go ahead and start it off. Uh, yeah. Yo, what's up? Welcome to the pod, the Patriarch Pod. I'm your boy, him. We got Mark in the house. We got my man's Collins in the house. How we doing, fellas? That was That was good. We just going, you know, that was better, man. You know. <laughs> How we living? Yeah, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm I'm in LA right now, so it's early. It's like six something in the morning. So uh, I just went to bed at like two thirty. So uh, I'm tired. I ain't even washed my face yet. <laughs> I'm thinking, y'all getting all this thing prepped this morning, but I'm uh, alive. Thank God for video messaging, video conferencing, man. Hallelujah. Oh yeah. No, I'm doing good, man. I'm uh got my got my little cup of coffee going, recovering. I mean, I ain't even do nothing last. Like we just went to school. <laughs> I was late, like right? recovering. <laughs> what? All right. What? We went to uh we went to the Flint United basketball game last night. It was pretty. Oh, yeah, that's pretty the pro sweet. team, right? Uh, the first pro team. Yeah, yeah. So like, um, it, it was real cool, man. They they doing some doing it right. Did they win? So they won. They won. They lost their first three. They just got a nice dub last night. Is Kendall a part of that? Yeah. Who? Who? Kendall. Hey, Kendall. Oh, um, not that I know. Uh, oh, I saw a picture and I saw a man in the picture and I was like, is that Kendall? Uh, I don't know if you guys know Kevin Mays. Yeah, yeah. Or um, he, so he's a team president. Um, and kind of help bring bring the team here. Yeah. Uh, so, um. Yeah. It, it, it's a, it's a nice look. Good look for the city, man. That's what's up. So what are we talking about today, sir? So man, honestly, I was doing um doing just a lot of thinking you know like last last couple of weeks has been a lot of uh media coverage on um the guy that murdered george floyd Derek Chauvin, his murder trial and so um that kind of just got me thinking about like how uh you know many of us have been brought up to um have this talk or whatever right um, about like law enforcement and like how how you supposed to act <laughs> when when you get pulled over or something you know what I'm saying and um, so I just kind of wanted to hear from you guys like maybe what was your um, perspective on that how you plan to navigate those kinds of things raising you know raising your kids and uh, yeah yeah so let's get into it so it's uh it's different for me right because both of my kids are uh, biracial their mom is white and so i've had these talks with my son because he's very inquisitive and he asks about real world issues all the time and it's crazy for him to have it's crazy to have these conversations with them because uh, you know, like any kid, like I want to be a fireman. I want to be a police officer. He like loves the police, and he's been like to um, the police station, and he's at tours. Mm-hmm. And as he's gotten older, you can feel that innocence being ripped away from him. Like, um, and then because like his white side and his black side is so vastly different even politically with like 
not specifically like his mother, but like the relatives, mm-hmm. how pro-police and um, not understanding of like <clears throat> Black Lives Matter movements and things like that to where he's like, looks at them even differently because, mm-hmm. um, you know, them not understanding like what it's like to be black or uh, how they view the police is you know never doing anything wrong in a sense mm-hmm. and so these conversations uh, he's just in a state of confusion right now to where he doesn't really get it like he doesn't understand hate or like racism because he's like well, why mm-hmm. like I don't get it like why yeah. and so um, you know, it's 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 just crazy to see him like fall out of love with what it means to be a police officer because he's like, man, I'm with them now. Like I thought I liked them. Like I thought I wanted to be one of them. And you know, that's he's nine now. Up until probably like last year, that was always his goal. Like I want to be a police officer. I want to be a police officer. And you know, he's been around like some great police officers right you know like the one like we all went and uh and worked at even international academy of flint at some point and we all know the the school police officer there you know and he's a great guy and he's grew up around him as well and so you know we all know that one really great um police officer was an officer dickerson and so he grew that attachment to him but it's like Okay, I know one good one, but I'm seeing a lot of bad ones. And so his understanding is and um, perception of them are, are changing. And so, you know, that talk isn't just a one-time thing. It's a, a consistent conversation yeah. that I've been having to explore a lot more. Yeah, see, what's crazy to me about that is, like, I feel like the talk, right, has been, and I know Chris hates the, the talk. I don't want, I want to hear more why you hate the talk, or at least the, the, the labeling of the talk. But, like, for me, like, the talk has, like, been ingrained in Black culture, like, forever, right? Like, growing up, like, I had the talk about the police before, I don't even think I had the birds and the bees talk, right? And that's, you know, from a different perspective, that's the talk that people refer to. But for us, for men of color or for black people, right? Like the talk is about the police. And so, and so for me, I think like the crazy thing is that now, like it's being televised, right? And now we can like speak on it and we can prove that these things are happening. But I always wonder like, why were we having a talk back then? Cause like, it, it didn't seem like those things were happening. It didn't seem like it was prevalent, but our parents knew and our parents had experienced those things. Um, So, you know, just thinking about that, to me, that's just that's just wild that like we even like as kids before, like all of these things became like, I mean, the only thing I remember back as a kid that was like visible to me was Rodney King and Rodney King wasn't even during my time. But that was the only thing like I remember that was like public in the public's eye. And now we get we get it every other day which is wild. Yeah, I mean, man, that's so crazy. Like, obviously we was kids like during the whole Rodney King thing and uh, ain't really quite understand, but like, so so I, I just kind of, man, I, and I think a couple things, uh, Mark, that, that you said, man, was like, uh, you know, people being like pro-police, like black folks aren't not pro-police you know what i'm saying like very true <laughs> that is a huge misconception we want to be protected too and um when you look at like the different kinds of uh support like the the crime bill had in the 90s it was really about you know i, I think a lot of people supported that a lot of people of color in our communities a lot of black people supported that because we want to be protected too. Like nobody wants to be victimized or anything like that, or have your house burglarized or, or robbed or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So I I can understand why people would vote that way for that kind of for that kind of bill, like the three strike rule and all that kind of stuff for, for those kinds of things. I can understand why people would do that. Um 
in hindsight, you know what I'm saying? We know it was really harsh and put away black people like like crazy. Um, give me a minute. What's, good morning. <laughs> Peace. Um, <laughs> and, and so like, man, I, 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 I don't like the fact that, you know, a lot of that, a lot of the conversation with our kids is centered around like how we need to behave around when, when we interact with police, like, like Mark, you were saying with, with your son, you know, he loved a popo, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and, and that's, I mean, honestly, it's a, one of the noble careers, you know what I'm saying, to really put your life on the line every day. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just struggle with that, that concept of keep your hands on the steering wheel, don't look too fast, don't move too sharp, all this other kind of stuff. And, you know, it's like, why do we need to do that? No other, no other demographic does that, you know? Um, and honestly, like, it, it, to me, it's just a no brainer. <laughs> like when, when I remember getting pulled, I've been pulled over a few times um, not cause I do illegal stuff, but I, I might've been speeding, whatever. Um, but like, I, I haven't had a bad interaction, thank God with like law enforcement, anything like that. Um, did I have, I, I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I can bet, <laughs> I, I remember this one time specifically, uh, um, it was probably like maybe like three in the morning coming from a basketball riding with Henry man my man thought I don't know what he thought first of all he was driving like this is a funny story first of all he was driving like a geo metro oh was I was gonna give you more credit and say it was a Saturn or something like that but yeah it was a big shift oh, yeah, I was in a geo <laughs> geo and I don't know what what he was thinking he must have been disoriented because he was driving but dude, he was about to just race a cop car. I don't even think you, I don't even know. But anyway, he <laughs> just pulled off on his cop car. <laughs> he caught up to us at like the next light <laughs> and, and made him roll down. <laughs> and this fool got these. Oh, yeah, I had to roll. Windows. We had <laughs> the crank windows. Window, like, you, you, you want to go to jail? <laughs> Yo, I, I don't think I ever seen my man Henry straighten up that that fast, man. No sir, no sir. <laughs> hey, but hey, but it was a it was a it was a black police officer. It was, it was, and and you know what I'm saying like that could have went that could have went way different. It could have went way different. Nobody knows, but you know it's just one of those things where you never know. And and I honestly, thank God, like we wasn't on a different end of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> being pulled out of the car and he, I guess he just kind of chalked it up to us being kids and stuff like that, you know? Nah, man, that didn't matter because going back to my first time getting pulled over, once again, common denominator being Henry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No riding cars with Henry. Is right. <laughs> clearly. What's happening? Yeah. But uh, we, I had literally just got this car. <laughs> or I only had it for like a few months or whatever. Yeah, you had it was the Corsica. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, the first car, the '94 Chevy Corsica, <laughs> with the Fast and Furious race seats. Mm -hmm. And, and so I remember. Furious too. Huh? <laughs> I said, and you thought you was Fast and Furious too? That was around the time it was hot. <laughs> exactly, too fast, too furious. That just came out. You couldn't tell me that they wasn't gonna make a movie with me being cast as Tyrese's little brother. <laughs> With I the, mean, <laughs> with the course, so with with the kit. <laughs> Listen, my time is now with all these spinoffs. Ah. I I even got a name for. I got a script. Warner Brothers, holler at me if uh or whoever right. make it holler at me. It's called uh, Romans Revenge. Got you. <laughs> but no, man. So it's me, you, your little brother. And it's like one other person. And we were driving down Hemphill Road mm -hmm. in Burton, Michigan. 
I'll never forget this. I'm like, yo, we being followed. And y'all was like, nah, man, you tripping. We not being followed. I'm like, yes, we are, man. They've been following me for at least a mile at this point. So we get to the intersection of, we're going east on Hemp Hill. We get to the intersection of Door Highway. Once we get to the intersection of Door Highway, it's a police car literally sitting on every corner. Four police cars total. Well, hold on. Let me let me add to the story. Because at first there was one, right? That was the one that was It telling. was one that was telling us. And when you told us that, we didn't believe you. And then we like bent another corner or we got to another part and another police car had got behind him. And then we got kind of like, okay, Mark, 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 Mark might be on to something. He might be right. And then we get to the light and then there's more. Yeah, then there's more. And so as soon as we turn the corner at the light, as soon as the light changed, we turn the corner, we <laughs> pulled into... Yep, them lights went off. And we pull into this business, which ironically, like a year later, became our karate studio uh, that we ended up purchasing with our karate instructor. But we pull in this driveway and everybody gets out the car, uh, hands on gun. I think one of them had one drawn and they start oh, yeah. to question. Guns were out. Guns, lights yeah. on both sides of the car. All that. And they get out and they like, whose car is this? Like, first off, this car is easily 10 years old. It ain't, it ain't like nothing special, crazy about this car, nothing. But here, let me add but something to the story. It's four flag boys. Let me add something to the story. So Mark had been riding dirty <laughs> for most of his car his car's career until yeah, like, like that that week. He had finally got legit. So he was legitly clean, but it was the weekend. Yeah. So she probably hadn't registered in the system yet. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So the original, I think we transferred the plate from like my dad's like 89 Buick LeSabre. Mm -hmm. And so long story short, yeah, I had been writing like messed up for like four months, four or five months. And so, like he said, like that week of, like that plate is registered. And so he pulls me over. It's like, whose car is this? I'm like, man, it's my plate or whatever. And, you know, asks for, uh, he asks for everybody's ID. First off, we kids. Right. Like, we all ain't got ID. But not just ask for ID. He demand like, first of all, they had... I remember the story vividly. First of all, he had all of us put our hands where he could see him. So I'm in the yeah. passenger seat, my hand on the dash. We got cops over here. My little brother in the back, he got his hands on his lap. Mark got his hands on the steering wheel. And he's like, we, we need to see everybody ID. Everybody get ID out. Like, aggressive. This wasn't like a, a, a nonchalant pullover. No. Nah. So, you know, we care. Like, we nervous, scared. I'm pulling out my, my school ID. Like, I ain't got a real ID, so I'm pulling out my school ID. So I put that on. Mark had obviously had a driver's license. Um, my little brother panicking to find whatever he had because he was, what, middle school at that point? Yeah. So he pulling out his joint. All right, go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. I'm just adding. No, go no, go ahead. Go ahead, man. You're telling it better than I am. So, so yeah. So then, so they say, so they do all this. They get our stuff. We still, like, we, you know, in the shot, we nervous. Our hands are up. He go back, he run everything, and then he find out everything legit like five, ten minutes later. And then he comes back as if nothing. Which is the happened. longest five, ten minutes ever. Because yeah, it yeah. seemed like, like we there for like still there. an hour. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like forever. Like we nervous. We know we didn't do anything wrong, but you know, you got 10, eight, six police on you, like you right. scared. You're like, oh shit, maybe we did do something wrong. Uh so yeah, he he come back from his car. And like, as if this had never happened, he like, ah, uh, you fellas good. So what about that game? Yeah, literally asked us about a Lions game. Like, no, like you just scared the daylights out of us. We ain't, we ain't, we ain't in the mindset to talk about a game. Like we we were nervous the rest of that night. Yo, man, I, yeah, and it's, that's like, and it's just crazy because for one, you had no reason to ever run the plates because I was never speeding. We all had on seatbelts, all of that. So you never had a reason to run the plates, really, if we've been real. Um, you should have never asked everybody for their ID. There was no reason to ever ask for that because I'm the only driver, clearly. And so, like, 
he asked everybody for their ID. Like we were all underage. Like I think we were, we, I mean, I bought this car when I was young, young. So like we were all under 18. Yeah. And so it was, it was just so many things that went wrong. Like you pulling guns on little kids. But but there there, there were so many other things that could have gone wrong. And I and I say like what saved us in that moment was unfortunately the talk, right? Like I still feel yeah. that like having some sort of dialogue with your child, maybe not a dialogue of fear, right? Not like expressing that like, oh, you need to respect them and and fear them at the utmost. Like, no, I don't agree with that, Chris. And I'm with you on that. But I think there needs to be that open dialogue of like, hey, these are some things that have happened in the past. The, the And there are good cops and there are these cops. Um, you just need to to listen to whatever they're saying and just be compliant. Like, I feel like, like you should just be. But how many times have you seen that? Right. And it still don't work. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And then that's a different conversation. Like, like you said, like this isn't just a one-time conversation. It's a continuing conversation. And what made me realize that recently is there's this uh, short film on Netflix. uh, What is it called? I think it's called bad day with Joey badass. It's like a 30 minute short film. Um, and basically the concept of the, the the movie is is that he like leaves his apart leaves his girl's apartment to go to his spot um because he wants to go check on his dog but he goes out and there's this cop yeah there's this cop that continues that, that kills him right uh it starts out like very uh like oh you know i just saw a trailer for that yesterday the whole I can't breathe thing, right? So like it starts out that, but then it's the whole, like this day keeps repeating itself. And the whole premise of the, the thing is that like, he's trying to find different ways to interface with this cop. And not get killed. And not get killed. Um, And it's just a cycle over and over. And so that made me realize that like, it doesn't matter how you decide, like how you approach a situation, you could be aggressive, you can be non-compliant, you could try to have open dialogue with the person. And whoever that person is, whatever their values are, is still going to outshine what you got going on. And, and so, like, we just need to find better ways or better systems or whatever we need to do from our side to handle those situations. Um, but you still want to diffuse the situation as much as possible because you don't want to give anybody any sort of excuse. Um, and I know that's, it's, like, controversial. So, yeah, go ahead. It go. is it is it is controversial because it's like it's not ever our job to do that. And that's that's the part that people aren't getting is we shouldn't have to do all of these things. Like you they should literally just not can be racist. Like that's it. That's they the shouldn't though. like they should be held accountable for their bad days. You know how many you know how many black and brown people are sitting in jail because they had a bad day and they made a bad decision one time? now they have life in prison and police people are the only job in the world where they have bad days and they don't be held accountable right like if a nurse has a bad day and accidentally kills someone guess what they're never allowed to practice medicine again they're fired from their job they're fine they're even in some instances thrown in jail you know what i'm saying a teacher loses has a bad day and gets in conflict with a student and they fight a student, shit, they're fired from their job immediately. You know, it's, it's so many instances where so many other professions have bad days and they're, it's done. They're not allowed to even practice in that field anymore. That's an, that's an interesting uh, concept. I, I've also heard of, um, uh, you know, like uh, doctors need to have like malpractice insurance and stuff like that. Like, if that was a, a an approach with like law enforcement, like um, you know, if there was some kind of like liability insurance or something like that that they had to carry, they might think uh, or might proceed in situations a little bit differently. Um, which I, I guess uh, kind of so. So now that we've kind of talked about those different kinds of um, you know experiences in our lives, um, how are you going to approach this with your kids? I mean, it's just, for me, it's just a conversation every day of, 
you know, the unfortunate conversation of what should you do when you get approached by police? Mark, you, know, um, you said you said your son was uh, kind of feeling like uh, not not so in love with police anymore. Like, no, nah, he ain't with them. <laughs> like, uh, and and so like I, I have um, you know the three or four frat brothers, probably more. Uh, I mean that I know personally that are, are police officers. Um, Same. At different levels, you know what I'm saying. So, um, and again, it's a necessary, like, we want to be protected too, right? Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I guess what, um, you know, is is there anything that you would do or say differently to to maybe encourage him to look at it or kind of see a bigger picture? And that might be tough for him because he is young. Um, but yeah, just kind of, what are your thoughts on that too? I mean, honestly, I mean, it's the same. I don't think it's, uh, it's nothing I would say differently, honestly. Like, I mean, I don't, the entire structure of policing is racist. So, and so, you know, of course we have good cops, whatever, right? Then you have bad cops. And, and I hate the term, you know, we have a few bad apples. Honestly, it's in roots of the tree is, is, is rotten because it's created from its entire entity is based on racism. And so um, as much as I can tell them is you're going to have your good days and bad days. And unfortunately, whenever you see a cop, you just never know when that cop is going to have a bad day. And that's the trauma that we have to operate in and normalize as a black person is praying that we don't encounter a cop that's having a bad day. Um, and that's as little, but as much hope as I can ever give my son. And we have to live in that. That's what it's like to live um, while being black in America. And when we often talk about white privilege. This is what white people don't understand is they don't, it's as worse as they get is a cop having a bad day as they get a ticket. Mm -hmm. And this is the white privilege that they don't understand. It's a cop having a bad day for us means something completely different, whether you're complying or not. Yeah. Yeah, Henry, well, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, I mean, I'm on the same page. For me, it's it's more it's 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 around like you know I have my days. I see these things on TV, right? And and I'm like, like you get enraged, right? Like you see these movies, or you see any, and you get enraged, and you like the police, like immediately. That's your first thought, right? Like, man, if I was in this situation, I would do this, this, and that. Um, but the reality is, is that for me, it's like I come from a space where I understand that there are the cops who. I know, like like Mark said, we know good cops, and we know that there are cops out there who who probably shouldn't be in their position. They're not properly trained psychologically. They shouldn't be in that position. They're using that position as a position of power, whatever the reason. Um, and so, when I'm in any of those situations, I want to make sure that you know, even if they are having a like the the people who are having a bad day, like you can't you can't account for that. But for the 95 80% of the other police that I encounter with or I interface with um it's just respect right I'm I'm going to give them the respect that I'm hoping that they're going to give me um and and if I'm in a situation where that doesn't happen whatever right but for my kids like or or for my kid right now like I want them to understand that like I want to give them the education behind it the education of how we have gotten to this point and then have them shape, have that shape their perspective of how they should interface with the police. Again, I, like, I don't want it to be a fear thing. Cause like we, for me, I grew up, that dialogue was like, it felt like I should be afraid. And now even like I hear police sirens or a police get behind me, even we just like in normal traffic, my heart started beating, right? Like yeah. that's fear still from like, my parents because of the talk right and I, I don't want that for my child I don't want them to be like 
immediately think they did something wrong because the police got behind them. Like you just in traffic, like, and the police just yeah. happened to be in traffic with you. And, and I want them to have the understanding that like, look, as long most people in life, as long as you're doing the shit that you need to do, you, you may not experience the people with the bad day. And if you do, then that's a different conversation we need to have. Yeah, I, man. So I, I think for me, um, I mean, I, I uh, like like both of you said, like it, it's definitely not going to be from a place of fear. Um, and so, you know, my 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 kids ask, you know, my what my daughter asks questions and stuff like that, you know, about just some of the current events that are happening because she sees it, and like having to explain that to a six year old. Man, I ain't, I ain't even sign up for that, man. <laughs> yeah, I ain't sign up for that. And so, um, you know, just keeping it real with her, like, you know, this is what's happening, and it's not right. Or, you know, what I'm saying this is trying to explain that aspect to her, and then kind of letting her formulate her own opinions from there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's certainly not going to be from a place of fear, like. Uh, I mean, it's honestly, it's their job. And so, you know, they doing their job. They want to go home after their job. We want to go home after our job, different things like that. And really explaining it to her that way. But um, I mean, I, I do like, you know, the approach of just explaining the history behind, you know, these things that have happened and uh, just kind of historically how um, they've affected black people and keeping it real with them. And, um, you know, like I said, I pray to God, we never have to experience any kind of, um, you know, victimization like that, uh, you know, uh, from law enforcement, like so many others have. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I've also done my work in the community, right? With trying to rebuild those relationships. As much as I really don't with the police, I've still done my due diligence, right? Like I've, been a part of partnership programs in the community, um, you know, where uh, some of them have, are literally called like bridge the gap where police and communities come together. Um, I work, um, I work on um, an anti-racism board for U of M Flint or U University of Michigan right now um, with the Genesee County Sheriff's Department um, and, and a, a bunch of other stuff I've done in the past, right? And so I, I do as much as I don't bang with them, I, I do do my my part, right? When trying to change the narrative and trying to rebuild the relationships in the community with police officers and just the everyday citizens. Um, you know, I will personally never be a cop, but once again, like you said, we have friends that are police officers, right? We do have like those those good cops out there and so I will continue to advocate for my community and building my community so we have more amazing police officers in our community Here. and in law enforcement in general in our community. Um, and that's easily been one of my biggest struggles in life, like trying to rebuild, break down and rebuild something that's completely against me racially and try to work with people that you don't necessarily see eye to eye with yeah. and make something greater for I mean if we've been honest I probably won't completely reap the effects of what I'm doing but like my son's generation will and his sons so just to, just to add on to that, like, man, I think, like, for me, it's like that whole emotional intelligence, right? Like, I think, like, when we interacted with those police, Mark, with us, right, we were able to detect, right, because we had the tools emotionally to detect, like, yeah, like, he's not having a good day. We, we probably should put a little extra on, on, on compliancy, right? But then I also think about when we, uh, when we broke down from my bachelor party, and Lee's van and that police Yo. officer came, right? And again, like emotional, like he didn't come out with, he didn't come to us with a, uh, an authoritative, aggressive, like, why y'all over here? What's going on? You got a van full of black people. <laughs> like, what's up? 
like he came through like how can i help y'all right and then yeah we were able to let our guards down and be like oh officer we trying to do this and he you know he he trying to help us fix the tire he taking uh selfies with us right like i still ain't trust that you know but yeah where was we at was we in was that uh ohio Ohio, okay yeah yeah um, we was like right on the borderline of like Virginia and Ohio or something. Man, I, like that. I don't know if that would have happened in Kentucky or something. I don't know. I mean, again, yeah. like <laughs> we we all probably had our guards up, aside from the white brothers that was with us. But us brothers, brothers probably all had our guards up initially. But then once we we realized that he was good people, um, we we were able to like break down that wall. And and I like I don't want my kids to like be on the strong defense every time because then you don't you don't allow for that dialogue or for that relationship right like if we were all staying back and and, and like you know kind of like fearful of this guy then like i that was a memorable experience from my, from my uh, bachelor party like i remember that and i think it was a good experience right like so we wouldn't even have that opportunity to have that and and i want to make sure that like my kids understand that like these are just people yeah and, and as human people, like we have people who are not good and we have people who are good. Um, the the uniform doesn't necessarily make them who they are, who they aren't. They they were who they were before they put that uniform on. And unfortunately, we we given the uniform to some people who don't deserve it or doesn't stand for what it what we think it's supposed to stand for. Yeah. Yeah, man, that, that's deep, man. Um yeah, it's said these situations go whole 180 right a whole different way sometimes so it's, it's interesting though um but like like you're saying like there's some <laughs> there's some great cops and great i mean there's great people in in all these different you know different kinds of roles um i think uh just our our justice system as a, as a whole, you know, is, is uh, like Marco Sands is, has some racist foundations. <laughs> um, honestly, um, I mean, you know, just systemically, um, I was actually, uh, one of the reasons why I was uh, up so late last night, we were watching, um, uh, what is it? United States versus uh, Billy Holiday. Mm-hmm. And um, man, that was interesting, man. So interesting, and just how, <laughs> uh, and, and and I mean, we've all probably heard of uh, COINTEL Pro and all these different kinds of program, government agencies and programs designed to infiltrate like black organizations and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that that was uh, that was an interesting story. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, I don't know if it's just on Hulu, but. It, it's in my queue to watch. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, yeah it, it was really good, man. And I, I never really, I guess, looked into um, uh, the jazz singers' history like that. But um, yeah, it was uh, really, really well directed, actually. Too. Um, I ain't no, I ain't no film, you know, expert in it like that, like our boy Mark here. But you know, <laughs> I forget. I can't. I'm having a brain fart too, just because I'm so tired. But I know exactly who directed it. Um, who played uh, yeah. M- Malia Jackson? So, okay, man, is who play who's is who played Billie Holiday? Uh, oh, uh, that was um, is it is it that her name like Malia? Andre Day. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she did a great job, by the way, too. Yeah, she's dope. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <sighs> so, yeah, man. Any any other thoughts fellas any of the last um you know nuggets as we uh wrap up here <laughs> man I'm, I'm always going to be open to dialogue i think i think that's like what our nation is missing missing and i think it's important i mean when you when you talk about any people who are like drastically on two different sides I think yeah. they, they're coming from a, a point of not, not understanding the other side and not having the willingness to understand the other side, right? Like, because um, I think about the whole, like, uh, whether you for or against Donald Trump, right? Um, and, like, my neighbors 
actually all of my neighbors, a lot of my neighbors are Donald Trump. And I'm like, man, y'all good people. How y'all fucking with Trump like that? Right. Um, but I think like it just comes from a, a, point, a perspective of misunderstanding. Like I can't attribute it that they support Donald Trump because I don't understand why, like I don't know why they, they uh, uh, support Donald Trump, but I can't attribute that to them also carrying the same characteristics or hate that he has, right? Um, because they're racist and yes they do carry the same characteristics that's not true they... though that's not true so like when i when i talk to them then i understand that like they only with donald trump is because he's a republican and from a a like business standpoint they agree with his stances on business they don't fuck with donald trump because of all the other shit that he has going on is just because of he represents the Republican Party. Um, and, and for me, like having that understanding is like, okay, I guess that makes sense. Like if I'm- No, it doesn't. Perspective, if you're it, willing to turn a blind eye to racism just because you can make you a few dollars, that's still racist. It is, but that doesn't make the people who that who, who support that racist. If you either support way, racism, you racist. Either way, I say- <laughs> I want all the smoke today, you hear me? all the smoke <laughs> having that dialogue is important whether it's race religion anything i think having that open dialogue for me is i think that's the most important thing is be like both sides willing to talk yeah well I, man i i you you brought up donald trump i'm gonna bring up like uh the mask mandates and all this kind of stuff like like it's really turned into like democrats versus <laughs> Republicans over over wearing a mask or yeah, not, yeah. and it, it, it's like mind boggling to me. Um, but anyway, it is, and it's crazy because I really just think it's stupid versus like, um, like common sense smart. Like, it's it's so crazy how um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, but it's crazy how spoiled. <clears throat> Americans are where we can argue science. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like we will, they will tell us and give us proof. Like, here's the stats, here's the test, here's the science, here's what we got. And like, nah, it's not true. Well, I mean, <laughs> I would say the same thing about, so. <laughs> I mean, of course we've, we've had some things that have, haven't been right, right? But just the overall, like we're the we're like the only country that's like fought wearing masks. Like, yeah. Don't yeah. get me wrong; it's annoying. Yeah. yeah, it's my beard messed up. It ain't growing in right. Hey, we was at the game last night. I was joking with my wife, like, man, this mask—it's hurting my ears. When he took it off, <laughs> with this fucking thing on. But temper tantrums over masks, man. But yeah, it is wow, man. Like even, but even like the, even like the shot, the vaccine, like, um, within. So I've gotten it, and well, the first dose at least, and uh, I'm I'm still here, still sane. Um, you know, nothing's crazy. My balls ain't shrink or nothing like that. I'm so. zombie yet. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I'm still good. You know, we on uh, what's this like, day five of zombie watch. So I'm good so far. But um, yeah, like even within like the black community, <clears throat> like, I, was like getting that shit. I was talking to my mom. She was like, "Yeah, I was like, you gonna get the vaccine?" She was like, "Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't want to be one of the first. I'm like, well, kind of literally, like a few million people have taken the vaccine, so you ain't like the first, first." <laughs> But like, uh, then it was a we watched a skit on Saturday Night Live, <laughs> and it was trying to get uh, his family, black family members, to take it. And I was, I like, saw that. <laughs> it's like if I gave you five thousand dollars, get the vaccine. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> hey, listen, man, I agree. I'm one of the family members. Like everybody know, you don't buy like the first generation of a new iPhone. You gotta wait till they sell all the bad ones. <laughs> See which ones come back defected, and then you get the second generation of the new number or whatever come out. Uh, yeah, it's people is just funny, man. You know, it's, it's people, people going people, man. It's yeah, it's wild. So, <laughs> I agree with that one though, but I ain't got it yet. I'll get it, 
in like a year or two. <laughs> you ain't gonna get it. <laughs> but you know, my, but I don't like needles, so that's different. I ain't, I ain't getting no shot. No excuses. No. <laughs> hey man, it is what it is. <laughs> man, that's funny, man. But uh, yeah, man. So so. H, you introduce the show, man. Go ahead, wrap us up, bro. Well, I mean, we 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 we're ending on a pretty heavy topic, so let's light this shit up before we wrap it up. Uh, I like I like your segment last week, so let's do that again. What's what's your dead moment of the week? Where we at? Oh man, what? Um... <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So so I, I can pop it off. So. Uh... That moment this week was uh we was at the game last night and um you know like buying tickets was was different. I, I really didn't know how it was gonna be. So like, you know, they got like court size seats and still got like bleacher seats. We was at um the uh Dort Financial Center, IMA, Pirani, whatever you wanna call it. Um so, yeah, yeah. So, like, I didn't know how seating was going to be. So, and it was only selling courtside tickets in sets of two. So, like, you had to buy two. And we got three kids, and one of them six. She don't weigh a lot, but I knew my son was going to want to sit on my lap the whole time. So, I'm like, and I ain't really got to buy a whole another two seats. Like, <laughs> you still getting charged for like two seats, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, price per seat. So I'm like, man, I ain't really gotta buy no another set. Like, we just my wife can hold the baby, I hold the other two, you know. <laughs> so, so we get in there, and it's just like the little fold out, you know, the little cushion fold out chairs, uh, folding chairs. <laughs> so we we go to our seats, and oh yeah, by the way, so like you know people. The little ticket takers or whatever scanned my seats and uh, he was scanning. I only had two seats and he like kind of looked back at my wife and the kids and like, <laughs> Count <me>. ready. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, they're going to say what up. So, <laughs> so we just get to our seats, man. I mean, it all worked out, but yeah, I, I, I guess that was like my dad moment just being frugal, man. Like, we need all them damn seats. <laughs> Respect. Right. Respect. <laughs> Dad approved. What you got, Mark? Man, my daughter, she broke her phone. And of course, you you yell at your kid at like 50 million times a day, put the phone case on, put the phone case on, put the phone case on. She broke her phone, smashed it. And so her mama, like, you know, I ain't getting it fixed. You're going to earn the money. And so who am I? I'm the petty daddy. And so I'm like, all right, cool. If you want to make this money, I got a whole list of chores you can do. And I broke it down in the categories. <laughs> like this cost this amount of money. This cost this amount of money. It really wasn't a whole lot of stuff. It was just like maybe like five, six things you had to do. But to get the phone fixed was like $100. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this little told me no. Like, I'm good. <laughs> she was like, no, nah, I'm good. She's like, I don't really want to do none of this. <laughs> I'm like rock the broken phone dog her phone still broke <laughs> she was like yeah I can just get it fixed like I don't under like bro like my kids think I'm rich nah. like they literally think this and because like I work in the media entertainment industry you know what I'm saying so I meet people all the time I'm like nah daddy you got it go ahead get my phone fixed I don't need to work for this you know what you got to bring them back, Mark. You got to get the lights cut off, get the water cut off for a week, and then and then put them on some spam sandwiches. Oh, I'm telling you, sugar water. They they they're living up. Like, oh, daddy, I I appreciate everything you've done for us. Oh, they be, they really do protest. They be like, nah, we good. We ain't gonna do this. Like, you ain't gonna make us no separate dinner for some stuff we don't, we we want to eat. Like, man, this all this shit there. We got bologna in the fridge. You can have it fried fresh baked that's it that's all we got <laughs> that's all we got uh that's why yeah, we gonna we gonna have to yeah i'm gonna have to take them i'm gonna have to do like a whole week of them living in poverty right yeah, they, they need 
they right. about to appreciate this. All right, just give them a hundred dollar, hundred dollar, hundred dollar budget for the week. That's it. That's probably been a little too generous. That's, too that's way generous. too generous. Right. I was thinking like twenty. Right. And that's being generous. That is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you gotta think the price of inflation and all. Nah, they got like nah. a hundred dollars, man. I swear. And and kids these days, they spend it all the first day. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be gone. First power of a dollar, you know. <laughs> you got age, man. Uh, man, I'm just not at the stage that y'all at. But but my my dad uh, moment of the week is I was on the phone. Was it yesterday with my brother, um, who uh, happens to be incarcerated? Um, so he hasn't met his uh, niece yet. Um, but you know, you get to hear her on the phone, and I had it on speakerphone. And uh, Charlie and I was laying in the bed, and uh, Pauline was down somewhere. And, and she like she gets the babbling, and then she was like, "Dada," because <laughs> she's been saying "Dada," but she don't know who it is. It's just some words that she's saying. And my brother got geeked. He was like, "Did she say?" You say dad, like oh shit, like he was so <laughs> geeked, and I'm like, I'm all nonchalant, like hey, she said it all the time. She ain't calling me. She don't even look at me when she say dad. Sometimes she call Pauline dad, like everybody dad right now. Like that don't mean nothing to me. Um, but but to hear his excitement, man, I, it just it, like I'm I'm excited for him to meet her. Yeah, hey, when he coming home? Uh, later this year, I, I, I want to say in a couple of months. Um, but I, you know, I don't even put a. I don't, I don't, if he out, he out. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. If he here, he here. If he not, he not. Yeah. So it's kind of one of them things, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, fellas, this has been another great patriarch pod. Um, we thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next time. Deuces. Peace. Yeah.